This is a Triple M Footy podcast with all the latest news and stories that matter right now in footy. It's Tom Brown's News. After two pulsating prelims that saw the Pies and Lions crash through to the grand final, the biggest and best week of the year starts here. The Brownlow medal count tonight marks the start of the grand final festivities, and obviously there's an incredible amount of news on the agenda, so our man Tommy Brown is here to get us across all of it. My name's Rudy, I've got Tom here in the studio, and Tommy... Let's kick off with ticketing for the big dance because there are some unhappy Collingwood fans out there. Rudy, some Collingwood fans on social media yesterday not happy with the allocation of grand final tickets. Collingwood's responded this morning as follows. They say that every, this is Craig Kelly, the CEO, who to his credit has been right onto this issue. First thing Monday morning, liaising with uh, obviously Ticket Tech, the AFL, the MCC and all the various uh, platforms. Every priority one uh, member will receive a ticket, according to Collingwood, about 37 Priority 1 members who had elected, I think, over the weekend, a ticked a box. They didn't want to accept standing room, and they were worried about that. They will now receive a seat. So there's about 37 people uh, affected by this issue. Any Priority 1 member over the weekend that were allocated standing room, according to Collingwood, will now get a seat. So under the terms and conditions, Collingwood say, look, we'll just give you access to the grand final. So technically, Collingwood could give those Priority 1 members a standing room ticket, but they said, no, no, that's we don't want to be tricky. We'll do the right thing here. They're going to get a seat. Um, Collingwood has called on Ticket Tech to improve the system, in particular a system, Rudy, that um, I must I'm not directly familiar with, but basically your credit card can get debited or deducted in advance of you actually receiving the tickets. Seems to be antiquated. So Collingwood's called on Ticket Tech to improve that uh, situation and system. Um, and... Any of those members over the weekend that had their couldn't process their credit card details, whether the details were incorrect, the number was incorrect, or they didn't have enough money in their accounts, they will not lose their allocation. Collingwood's also, and I think it's a significant, Rudy, called on the AFL to improve the participating club allocation. Just to emphasise here, uh, there's 100,024 seats apparently available at the MCG. Now, obviously, that figure can vary by 1,000 or so, but one figure is 100,024. The competing clubs, members... Only get 17,000 each at the moment, Rudy. And Collingwood has called on that to improve to at least 20,000. So just to give you a breakdown, the breakdowns vary, but it's worth reflecting on this. Of those 100,000 or so seats, only 34,000 at the moment or so go to the um, members. AFL, corporate boxes and packet and suites, that allocation's 5,000 to 30,000. So that's a huge money spin of those packages for the AFL uh, and that are sold. Often we get a plate of breakfast in the morning, you might get some uh, a September club access or whatever, then you get your seat. That's a huge money spin of the AFL. The MCC members reserve 16000 to 26000 AFL members 13000 to 23000 um, Non-competing clubs get up to 7,000 tickets. Bit of a head-scratcher, but I guess the um, players obviously get allocations and so does the sponsors. So I can sort of see how that works, really, but it does seem like a lot. The Medallion Club get 3000 to 5000 Seats, I think with your medallion club seat, you get access to a grand final seat. And the competing clubs get up to 5,000 tickets for sponsors and family and things like that, and the players. I was told, Rudy, this morning, um, and I'm not in any way advocating scalping, so don't uh, don't come chasing me if you're from the constabulary, but I'm told on the open market, Rudy, and there always is an open market, let's face it, the tickets, players get tickets and all the rest of it. The going rate at the moment this week so far for tickets is about 1500 to $2,000, and I'm told if you look hard enough, you can find them now. I'm not in any way suggesting that either, everyone, particularly those on disabilities and those types of things, can afford that, but um, that's just the open market that exists this week for tickets, Rudy. There's also a bit of an argument about ticketing that um, 
why, and this was raised yesterday, why some of the Category 2 and 3 members got better seats than the Category 1 members. I think Collingwood's working through that, but in essence, some of the disability um, and group allocations were made yesterday for those lower categories of members, and that's sort of come up with a bit of an anomaly in that regard. Part of the reason that obviously Collingwood want Ticket Tech to improve their system, but Collingwood's got on the front foot today in regards to this. It's pretty clear the numbers don't go into each other. There's 100,000 or so Collingwood members. There's an allocation for members of 17,000 seats. The rest get gobbled up by the MCC, the AFL members, non-competing clubs, the medallion clubs, and the big ones, the corporate hospitality and suites. That's a big money spinner for the AFL. Is it any different to any international event? I'm not sure. British Open, Augusta, all these things, Super Bowl, they often become corporate events, Rudy. Not defending it, that's just the lay of the land. Just, I'm interested in um, those number breakdown, the number breakdown that you gave. It seems to me that um, the most tickets seem to go to the sort of like the members of the stadium and medallion club. So it's kind of it. Yeah, basically. I mean, the medallion club is obviously a lucrative way of getting a seat. It's obviously the AFL membership sought after. It obviously gives you good access if you're an AFL member, particularly an AFL member that's got a nominated competing club. That's a good way of getting a seat. The MCC is a good way of getting the seat. The MCC, in fairness, helped fund a lot of the stadia redevelopment at the MCG and all sorts of things. That's why the waiting list, Rudy, for the MCC, I think is, in often cases these days, longer than perhaps you and I might be alive for. It's a long, long time. <laughs> to be, Hopefully not, but it's a long time, is my point, to become a full member. Every Wednesday, it's Triple M Footy's Midweek Rub. It feels like I'm coming out the fight. <laughs> Joey Montagna, Daisy Thomas and Damian Barrett break down anything and everything AFL. The Midweek Rub. Get it every Wednesday by following Triple M Footy on the listener app. Grand final week leads to narratives every single year, Tommy. This one is no different. At Collingwood, the big question is, how do the Pies replace Dan McStay, who will miss with a, a medial injury? I was down at Collingwood yesterday. I spoke to Josh Dacos, Nick Dacos, uh, um, Darcy Moore, Peter Moore, uh, Peter Dacos. It was a star-studded affair. Ran into uh, Jordan Degoe. He was in good form. So he's not going to let this one slip. He's hungry from 2018. Lots of good narratives there. Ran into Scott Pendlebury. Um, obviously, the big question is, as you mentioned, who's going to replace McStay? It's obviously pretty closely guarded at this stage. I think there's certainly a view, Rudy, that they could bring in Johnny Noble for some run. I think the view is Brisbane's tall. It's going to be at 27-odd degrees. And if Collingwood go fast, I might be able to outrun them. That's one view. Uh, and Noble would assist in that regard. And Ginevan, who's match fit, but not necessarily four-quarters match fit, uh, could be used as the sub. So that's one, one option, obviously. Um, Ash Johnson's not an option. He injured his arm in the VFL the best part of three or four weeks ago, which I think I mentioned. And I reckon it got underplayed a bit at the time. He would be very handy at this stage. Um and then you could bring in, say, Kruger, but I don't know if he's up to the level. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what how, what direction Colling would go in that regard this week. The other big question, of course, is whether you bring back Taylor Adams. I was actually just speaking to BT before. I don't want to paraphrase BT, but he did make a good point to us uh, off off air, uh, Rudy, or outside the studio. That uh, that's just a trust issue, isn't it? Like you know, surely Taylor would have to mount a case not just on Thursday or Friday, but uh, train well this week. Sydney, of course, played Reed last year and had disastrous consequences. If you're a rotation down the grand final, you, you're sort of halfway to being cooked, I reckon it's fair to say. So um, Adams would be on that 13 or 14 day precipice of a hamstring injury, which are usually safely, I know it's a low grade, but usually it would be safe for 21 days, sometimes 14 days. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah. The last thing you want is to uh, have to sub out uh, one of your best bids at, uh, you know, five minutes in the first quarter because he wasn't quite uh, ready to go. Just on yesterday, really go quickly, on. Darcy Moore still got a bit of a burning hunger from 2018 when he wasn't selected, obviously, in that game off the back of a hamstring injury. 
Um, Peter Moore yesterday thought that, um, well, did say his dad that perhaps Bucks, if he had his time over, would have done that differently. Who knows? He would have been handy, obviously, on West Coast's tools, but he would have needed the hamstring to hold up. Who knows if that would have happened? Peter Moore made an interesting observation yesterday. He's obviously had all this grand final heartbreak, four losses and a draw. That's five grand final appearances for no wins. Famously threw away his runners-up medal at one stage. He said the highlight of his uh, almost career, if you like, wasn't the Brownlows. He won two Brownlows, Peter Moore. He said uh, it was it was coaching a premiership for Eltham, just in terms of collectively getting it all together, getting the players together, timing, um, all those types of things. Premierships count as his point. Darcy's got an unbelievable opportunity spurred on by 2018 this week. Panthers Premiership coach uh, Peter Moore. Like it. Um, just before we move on from that, Tommy, Brisbane, they do have uh, their own issue in Jack Payne. Uh, missed the prelim with an ankle injury. Darcy Gardner, you'd have to say probably beat Charlie Kerno. Uh, any kind of word, if, you, if you've heard, if he'll get up for the, the grand final? It seems like it's something he's been managing all year. Yeah, I think he's been managing it all year. I know Mitch Cleary's on this because he's following. He's up in Brisbane and following them all week. So I'll get some more updated information on that, Rudy. I don't know the latest on their injury uh, situation at Brisbane in that regard. Uh, Mitch Cleary, incidentally, has been officially named today as Seven's new chief football reporter as well. So congratulations. A very, very big Congratulations to Mitch. Yeah, that's amazing to hear. He's a he's a great man. He's a good man. man. It's actually, I said this to the Herald Sun to Jackie Epstein Day, there's always been this narrative on these podcasts and Twitter and these vicious people saying, oh, we don't get on. It's actually never been any further from the truth. And I don't mean to include Tara in all this, but I, I spoke to Tara about this overnight. Tara and I have always thought Mitch is just the most complimentary. He works hard. He's always, um, him and I speak on the phone two or three times a day, and I can't speak highly enough of Mitch. He's got an enormous opportunity. It's a privilege of a job to have that sort of access to the footy community, um, and he'll do a great job. And what I said to Jackie today is true. He's a journalist, not just a TV journalist. He's a journalist and because he chases stories, and he um, peels back the layers, which we do at 7 News, and um, tries to look for the story beyond the press conference, and I think uh, he'll do a great job. Bringing you the latest in footy news before you hear it anywhere else. This is Tom Brown's News. Now, Tommy, the clubs are meeting today with uh, a bit on the agenda, starting with North Melbourne. Yeah, North and their priority pick. The view at this stage is that the AFL will award compensation or priority to North around pick 11 and that they will get access to Saunders, but other clubs can bid on him. So, um, you know, they'll have to use points and so forth in that regard. So that's a big discussion point. The other discussion point, Rudy, is the composition of the commission. It's been well reported this year, including on this podcast, that the clubs want to see at least one, if not two, new commissioners. It seems like Andrew Ireland and Matt DeBoer will go on to the commission in what order, I think, is going to be discussed this afternoon. The latest I hear is the AFL want to put DeBoer on and perhaps tap an existing commissioner on the shoulder, then get Andrew Ireland on. Um, but I don't know if that's going to satisfy all the clubs. Uh, the other issue, of course, is that the chairman of the commission, who I must say uh, I am a fan of, I know he's got issues in regards to Qantas at the moment that I don't want to comment on, but uh, I think at some point the AFL will need a succession plan on how the the chair looks in the future and also the commission, and I wouldn't be dis- wouldn't be surprised if that's a discussion point this afternoon, Rudy. So that's Richard Goiter. Correct, yep. yeah. And just on that, Rudy, I think there could be even some support at some stage in an orderly fashion for even Koshy, which is, again has been reported, I think, in the Herald Sun to, uh, to to perhaps become chairman. So I think it'll be an interesting meeting this afternoon. Every Triple M Footy podcast is in one place. Subscribe to Triple M Footy on the listener app now.
The AFL's Night of Nights tonight, Tommy, there at uh, Crown Palladium, as it uh, is nearly every year. We uh, missed a couple with COVID. The Brownlow medal, the big question, uh, can Nick Dacos hold on, do you think? Well, it's an interesting question, Rudy. It's a guessing exercise because we never know how the umpires are going to vote. But the obvious question is that he won't poll after round 19. So you'd think he's going to be in the lead, and it's just a matter of then who storms home. The AFL predictor, which I guess is instructive, has Neil on 32, Dacos 30, uh, Butters 29, Bontepelli 28. Does that mean it'll play out that way? Of course not. <laughs> it's the umpire's votes. But uh, it's going to go awfully close for Nick Dacos. I spoke to Peter Dacos yesterday. They're going to watch um, Peter and his wife at a friend's house, and they'll come into Crown if uh, if Nick gets up. I think Josh will poll well uh, as well. So let's just think this out, Rudy. If he polls eight or nine best on grounds in the first 19 rounds, which is quite possible, let's call it nine, he'd be on 27 votes. That's a lot of best on grounds, but it is possible. Let's call it eight. We'll call it eight threes is 24. If he then got two or three two votes, you get to 30 pretty quickly, then maybe maybe a couple of one votes. So he could still poll enough votes, Nick Dacos, to win, but this is all in theory, and of course he will have teammates taking votes off him as well, yeah. Given how many good players they've had, yeah, yeah, yep, definitely. It's it's always hard when they when the, the player misses just those couple of extra. Like you can win without playing, I reckon three or four is the max. But he missed not five. He missed, yeah, and I think he he won't poll in the game that he got injured. So you can sort of comfortably rule out polling in six games, and that's that's a quarter of the season. I remember it's too many similar conversation with Gary Ablett in twenty fourteen. Um, obviously missed a lot more footy, but uh, it was similarly. You know, can he hold on? Can he hold on? Not quite. Matt Pritters just pipped him at the end. I think. Um, I think. Uh, Nick Dacos might just be in for the same fate tonight, unfortunately, for, for him and Collingwood fans. But he's got the grand final to play for. And he's also, like, let's let's be honest, he's got 10 years of being a, uh, a Brownlow fancy ahead of him. I don't think it will matter heaps if he misses this one. No, and he's got a good chance, as you say, of winning another Brownlow. But his chance in regards to the premiership, they don't come along too often necessarily. So uh, I'm sure his main focus, Nick, beyond tonight, and it already would be, will be on Saturday. One last question on the Brownlow, Tommy. Are you going? Yeah, I'm going with Tara tonight. I've always enjoyed the Brownlow. It was sort of a boyhood dream to go. I've been to quite a few now, but tonight takes an extra meaning. When your team, Rudy, is in the grand final, you know what it's like with the Cats. It's no, it's just the most exciting week in football and in life. It's just a buzz in the air, the warmth in the air. Collingwood's in. Um, I just think it's an unbelievable week. It's We play and are involved, obviously, as journalists in the best game in the world, Rudy, and it's just a absolute privilege and delight and I can't wait for tonight that's right that's what it's all about Tommy enjoy that brown low we'll see you again tomorrow we'll uh, we'll go through all the wash up of the whole uh, the whole evening and who's won and uh, who's surprised us and, and all that everyone's got theories on the brown low my mates call me all day with these spreadsheets about that <laughs> yes. and I don't like I don't usually mention betting but they bet on yeah. with club winners and all the rest of it it's a guessing game some of them make pretty good money there's a it. few spreadsheets getting around our office as well I've noticed as well Tommy <laughs> so I think uh, there'll be a few who uh, might be invested uh, gamble responsibly, of course. Again, we'll see you tomorrow. Cheers, mate. That was Tom Brown's news. Come back every Monday, Thursday, and Friday for more. And subscribe to Triple M Footy on Listener to get all our podcasts throughout the season. For Ring Hot Water and McDonald's, Triple M Rocks Footy.